This is Good Morning NoCo with Brian Carey and Tanner Schwint on Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Welcome back to Good Morning NoCo. How you doing? Six minutes after 9 o'clock. Good looking day today. Not too shabby out there. We got about 66, 67 degrees right now on our way to about 80 today. Now I can live with 80. Uh, in fact, we're looking at 79 today, but uh, with the humidity and so forth, going to feel a little warmer. Could have some of those storms cranking up again today. We got about 30% chance of those. Uh, and certainly we don't need more of that along the burn scar area and especially right. around Drake. And uh, the, man, I'm telling you every year, I got a buddy who lives in Drake and it just seems like every year lately there has been a battle. I mean, Just we know the hammered. Well, we know what happened with the Big Thompson flood back in the 70s, but it seems like they've in the last 20 years it's ramped up again where about every other year it seems like it it starts whipping through that area and uh, the up up around Estes as well. It's so tough too because not to sound like the old fogey, but we need the moisture but just not uh, you know as it's not so, so like, abundantly so quickly. Right. Yeah, exactly there's a way to right. stretch that out and a not, little not bit. Region. I mean, that's the big thing. It's just not in that region. Is is uh, uh, been been tough. Our Happy Life Gardens poll question today: Is the growth of Northern Colorado a good thing or a bad thing? Let's get to a couple of your responses here coming in on Twitter. Wanted to uh, get to mention a couple of these. Uh, Ricky chiming in saying, "Any rapid growth favors the haves." And further disenfranchises the have-nots. That said, Colorado is doing great work around unhoused populations and non-cop emergency responders. Uh, I think you should throw cops in there as well, but nonetheless, uh, Greg Smith Smitty uh, says, uh, "Nope, they're just getting into a Twitter argument, so I'm not going to read those." Well, yeah, no, and I, infrastructure is 40 years behind where it should be. Traffic congestion is horrid. Too damn many people, too fast, is uh, what what one optimist said. Yeah. So, um, got, <laughs> but it's it's both sides. I could totally understand a answer either way on this issue. But there's, I mean, there's a lot of good things that come along with that growth. No, and I don't think people are going to argue that either. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's tough because you don't want so many people when you're out driving just trying to get from one place to the other. When it comes down to the financial makeup of your area and the economics of it, yeah, you love to see that money come in and what it brings and the commerce that it brings and the jobs that some of this brings as well. Oh. So, yeah, it's you know, we can sit and complain about it, which I will yeah, and I absolutely. do, but and I we know should. And I, but I know that it's necessary, but I also know that you can try to do it in ways that you can match what the influx is going to be, what that does to traffic schools or whatever it may be, so that we keep right on pace with it. And that's a battle basically every community across this country is battling. Yeah, and, and Greeley and Northern Colorado as a whole have been battling it uh, right now as well. Let's get into the sports world a little bit. Drew Locke. Over the weekend. Oh, yeah, you knew going to bring that up. We haven't talked a lot about preseason football outside of the Broncos because you think it should be gone. I think there should just be one. I did get an interesting response after the show yesterday uh, talking about this, saying just make it an 18-game season then if you just want one. And and that's interesting to me as well, maybe, but I don't think that you need to, to make the preseason the last preseason game because what I was campaigning for was one preseason game where the starters come out and play a half. Or a little bit longer, just so we could see those those players out there. They could get ready to go. It doesn't need to be a full regular season game. I just think there needs to be one. But there was one over the weekend. The Seattle Seahawks and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Drew Locke, 11 for 15, 102 yards, 
and two touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, Pro Bowlish numbers, don't you think, Angel? I think those are Pro Bowlish numbers. Very solid start in the preseason for Mr. Locke. Pro Bowlish? They're pro on the way there. Right. I think he's in the conversation now. Yeah. Right. Here's one for each of you. Uh, <laughs> I had said if Drew Locke should somehow end up an all-pro quarterback, I will shave my head or allow it to be shaved. And I'm thinking, man, this is there's no way in hell. And then I'm just out of curiosity looking at the first game. Two touchdowns, huh? Yeah. Uh, this can't be. Number one, Seattle can't be any good. Geno Smith is definitely going to beat him out for quarterback. But it's not like Geno Smith is worth a crap either. So it's not like it's a high bar. To, to try to end up being the starting quarterback in Seattle. But can he do it? Does he have enough people around him to be all pro? Absolutely not. Am I nervous? I will be all damn year until he comes in there and just sucks for a couple games yeah. and is the Drew Locke we remember. Why am I cheering for Drew Locke? Because I, you want this to happen to me. <laughs> Same reason I'm cheering for the Broncos, because you're going to end up having to shave your head if they yeah, make it to terrifying. the championship game. We're not game. focusing on that right now. Yeah, you made a much dumber bet. I... It's not looking like it. Why? Because Drew Locke. Didn't the Broncos win their... Yeah, but that didn't matter. All All they got to do is make it to the championship game, and you're you're bald. That that is true. I know. (laughs) Did the the Dolphins win their first preseason game? They did, yes. Oh, yeah, because they iced the kicker. Yeah, and Angel just needs a over 500 record. Nine and eight, you're a winner, right? Yep. That's all you need. That's all I need. And he doesn't have to do the... What it, mohawk. What, yeah, is it going to be a mohawk? mohawk? I'm, I'm kicking around ideas. No, you can't. No, you can't. It's, kick it's, a mo- ideas. it's a mohawk, but I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to style it. Exactly. I think a reverse mohawk sounds incredible, don't you? Oh, I do like that yeah. idea. Yeah, well, just it'll be it. gone after like the day after. Like all of no. it will be gone at that point. No, no, no. I'll wear it for a day. You have That's to keep it. it for as long as it will take me to grow my hair back. That wasn't part of the no. Deal. That it wasn't put in there. So he gets to just do it for a day, but I have to shave my damn head for, th- and it's going to take three months. Terms but, and conditions. You have to get them in writing. No, if he ends up shaving it all off, he shaved his head. I mean, it's not like that's going to come no, back in a true. day. I mean, it's seriously. so we just have to mess it up bad when for, we when we give that haircut, to Angel. I don't think we were saying we get to give the haircut. Do oh, we? That was not in the contract. No, none of that I, was. You seem to be. I'll be going to a professional to get this done. If I need to get it done. No, well, I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know, know about all that either. Number seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lonnie's going to shave yeah. your head. Look at Lonnie in here. Lonnie, have you ever uh, cut somebody's hair before? That's I hope not. Know. It doesn't matter. Here's your chance. No, yeah. <laughs> I just... But but like a, you can just style your hair like to a mohawk. I'm realizing now I made a bad bet. Yeah, you did. But but you can just style your hair into a mohawk. You you have to do that for a duration of time if that's how you're going to do it. Now if it involves like like a reverse mohawk where it takes time for the hair to grow back, that's different. Like everybody who you know has a mohawk is when you shave the sides of your head and you just have a strip down. The that's middle. what you're thinking. Because that's he, what a mohawk something is. Like that, yes. You're okay. talking okay. about a faux hawk, okay? Which is where you can take the sides of your hair and you make a big uh, fan okay. up, like you know, hawk or whatever that kid was in Karate Kid, the new one. <laughs> that's yeah, right. That's exactly. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm, that, I'm missing. Just that's like a that hairstyle one. for a day. That's going to a punk show. Yeah, you can't that's, do that. That is off the table. You can't just do that for a day. No, I don't think he was throwing that out there. He oh, said, that's what he, he would... look at his face. That's oh, that is. was what he yeah. thought. Oh, yeah. If I'm going to cut off 80% of my hair for a day, I'm shaving the rest of it off at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. okay. So, yeah, yeah no, that's I'm fine. totally good it's with gonna that. It's going to grow back uneven, and this took 
Okay. It's going to take just years as long as it's miserable and, and damaging right. to you. That's all. Yeah, I'm that's what we're, for because angel. everybody who put something on the table, like Brady's mustache, was from it the will be hilarious. End, of, if he does end of the Super Bowl. As soon as like he'll shave the night of the Super Bowl, and then it's got to be a mustache until training camp starts. That's a duration of time. Brian shaves his head; he's never getting it back. I shave no, my not. head; it's going to take three months for me to get it back. So there has to be a duration of time. It can't be. My hair's going to have to grow back at some point. Yeah. Well, it will. Yes. It will. You're young. You're young. But uh, so yeah, we're we're already lots of things to look for. We're already over January. Yeah, we're already <laughs> over analyzing preseason football for our bets that we put together. I feel good about the week seven. <laughs> uh, I think we're going to take care of that. No, I'm nervous. No, I'll be watching. There's no human who's going to be following Drew Locke more than me. Uh, Brady, making sure Brady's poll question today is: Will Drew Locke turn turn his career around in Seattle? My question today: Does anyone listen to the Hall Show? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They do. I know. And they're going to be hoping for that. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit of baseball real quick. Not the Colorado Rockies, but an overall uh, uh, scope of where baseball sits right now, and talk about the Atlanta Braves. Uh, they have been on an absolute tear lately. Sound familiar? Yeah, right. That's what I'm getting at here. They have won seven in a row, including a 13-1 to spanking of the New York Mets last night. Who many are picking to be the National League representative, if not the Dodgers. And now the Braves are only four and a half games back of the Mets. That's heating up, but you, you alluded to it. This is exactly what the Braves, they barely got into the playoffs last year, and then they went and won a, a World Series that got your nephew a ring. They were the, yes, they did, and I want to talk to him and get him on the air about what it's oh. like to strike out Aaron Judge, which he was able to do. It'd be fun to talk to him about that. But, but yes, Atlanta did this last year where they barely snuck in, but it goes down to the who's hot at the right time. Yeah. And that's always what it comes down to. We see it many times where teams are dominant throughout the year. They get into the playoffs and they yeah. don't win. Yeah. And and the team that happened to be on fire at the end rolls in. Houston has done this in the past where they've gotten hot at the end and then had it carry through. And now Atlanta looks like this is this is their their modem. You know, this this is what they do. Yeah. is to do this and it's, it's happening again. Fascinating right now. There there's really not uh, I mean the Mets are 8 and 2 in their last last 10. The Braves again won 7 in a row. But you look across the league, uh the Dodgers 9 and 1 in their last 10. We know they're going to be solid uh, every single year. But I wanted to go to New York, stay in New York after the Mets got spanked last night by the Braves. How about the New York Yankees? They've lost, or they've, they're two and eight in their last 10. I mean, this is a team that was just, they looked like world beaters, like no one was going to get them. And now, do you start to worry about that timing again, two and eight in their last 10 games? Absolutely, you do. I mean, there's no doubt. When we saw them, you think, boy, at some point they have to cool off. Yeah. They have to cool off. And and this is, if you're going to cool off, all right, here's your chance. Because they, there's plenty of time left for them to strike it up again and get hot. And I do expect the Yankees to do that. But we've seen it before where you get to this point and then all of a sudden some doubt comes in. Confidence comes into other team. Uh, they may have found a way to, to beat you. Yeah. You know? it, uh, Judge is not, he hasn't hit one out for a couple days. I know, which is interesting. And when when you talk about a team like that cooling off, you think a five and five record in the last ten, right? Not a two and eight. Not a two and eight. No, that's a difference maker. They've gone completely cold. Last story here in the sports world. Did you see that the PGA is having a players meeting? I did. Tiger Woods is going to be hosting it with about twenty of the top members of the PGA to discuss keeping 
in line, staying in the PGA and the trouble that LIV has been. That's exactly right. The, the Live Golf Series is starting to be a, a, a pain in the side of uh, the PGA, and Tiger Woods is trying to get everybody to fall back into ranks. It's, it's interesting to me. I mean, no, when Tiger speaks about golf, everybody's going to listen. But this just shows to me a little bit how the PGA really didn't take the Live, uh, Live Series serious uh, in time. It's it's a little late now. The fact that you're having to call this meeting is already showing that they're making an impact into the PGA right now. Well, of course they are. They're they're taking players out and now they've got this issue of uh, can they compete, you know, or are they gone? I mean, the money is sick ridiculous, but it's not like any of them were struggling. No, it's not. How much do you need? Well, and and that's the thing. I mean, you look at it it, they, they took a raise. They took a raise to move to a different job. Probably about a 200% raise. Right. At it, least. And again, everybody's got a price. I'm not here to no. I'm not here to to bash on them and I don't think you are either. No, no. I man, it would be really hard to not take that. It yeah. would be really hard. They've offered Tiger nearly a billion dollars, $800 million. And how many more tournaments are you going to win in the PGA? So there's a lot of guys where it makes sense that look, I don't even have to make a cut. I just have to be there. Which changes the game of golf to me. Yeah, and how sustainable is the Live Golf Series? I'm not sure. But, Isn't there uh, an end to money? They, not as not long as they've got oil. Yeah, not with them. Uh, Mysterio chiming in. The Yankees are just easing up to boost TV ratings down the road. To me, it sounds like Mysterio's got a future on the Yankees winning the World Series. I, <laughs> that's I what think I, that's a good analogy. I think that's probably where he's yeah. at there. Yeah. That's a look around the sports world. 919 The Time. Good morning, NOCO. Presented by Air Solutions on Northern Colorado's Voice. 103.1 and 1310 K. Good morning, NOCO. It's 9.24 on your Tuesday morning, closing in on 9.30. We're in the final hour of Good Morning NoCo. I'm Brian Gary, along with uh, my co-host Tanner Schwint, our producer Angel Padilla. We are broadcasting live from the Allo Communication Studios. Now, Tanner and I have both been hooked on Stranger Things. Uh, yeah. Angel, you've seen the whole thing all the way through, right? Twice. Twice? Oh, did you really? Yes. <laughs> Start to finish twice? Oh, yeah. When they released season four, they dropped it in two parts. So after the first part, I went back, watched the entire series again, and then finished season four. I'll be darned. Well, I'm just, uh, I, I'm, I think. We're in the same place, I think. I think I, I'm in, about to start episode six of season three. Oh, okay. So I'm an episode ahead then. You're on seven? Yeah. I, I haven't I haven't watched seven yet, but I yeah, that's next. I think that's, that's where tonight. I'm at. We're probably about the same place. Nice. Yeah. So working our way through that. Getting our onesies and. Yes. Sounds you know, great. See I've what got happens. A, got a lot of popcorn. I just ran out. Did you really? Yes, I need to stop and get some. I've got I I always keep well stocked with that because yeah. I like popcorn with my movies. And speaking of movies, so I've been watching Stranger Things, and you know it's bizarre, but there's so many times when you watch a creepy movie or watch a movie where you go, yeah, right. You know, and I know yeah. it's far-fetched, but there's so many times in movies where you think that can't happen. Well, I thought this was a great list. Uh, a place called Listverse came out with a list called. Top 10 movie lies that will get you killed in real life. <laughs> All right. And this is true. Like, number 10, landing in a dumpster is going to break your yeah, fall. Yeah. I mean, I, I yes, but 
I'd rather land in the dumpster full of garbage than... Yes, but you see him come off a big skyscraper building, falling, and oh, thank goodness, they landed right in the middle of a trash dumpster. How incredible. The other guys... With Mark Wahlberg and uh, yeah, yes, Will Ferrell, yeah. when they when when who is it? Samuel L. Jackson and The Rock. They're they're like the big bad cops at the beginning, and then they're like, "All right, aim for the bushes, aim for the bushes," and they jump off and they just splatter and dead. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's right. That they was that, that was, was refreshing. <laughs> also, okay, uh, number nine. You can hold your breath for ages underwater. That one I don't like. I yeah. mean, yeah, no, you can't do that. I've always I've tested my capability, by the way, in a minute and a half. Uh, well, not quite a minute and a half, but a minute. I can hold my breath for underwater. Can you really? Yeah. I don't know if I can do that anymore. Are you any good at that, Angel? I haven't done. I haven't tried that in a long time. Nah. I haven't been in a pool in a while. I'm still just a child, so. Yeah, that's fun to do things like that. A clip of ammo lasts for ages. That one bugs me. Yes. And I will point out another movie that actually did John Wick. If I just you, watched that the other day. But but they uh I believe it was John Wick. They actually he reloaded every time like they actually kept count of how many bullets were used and he would reload every time. It was actually factual on this because people complain about that's not the possible. endless clip. Yeah. So yeah. they they actually reload uh and, and and show everything. It's it's factual on the number of bullets fired. All right, number 7 on the list, uh 10 things they do in the movies that'll get you killed in real life. Throwing your gun away is a logical thing to do. Depends on where you throw it. Yeah, you see that all the time where they toss it in a trash can or they're just going to toss yeah. it to the side. and River. Throw it away in the river. Well, it always comes back that the and dude they ain't really dead and then he crawls alive and reaches for the gun that yeah. you left laying there. Yeah. That's throw, throw it in the river. Automatic gunfire is easy to avoid. How yeah. many times you see that open up spray of bullets and James Bond somehow is untouched as he ran through the restaurant? Stranger Things when the Russian... Did, I, don't, I don't know if you're on the same episode as me, so I don't want to spoil anything. Where they open fire? Yeah, have you seen the the Russian when they're downstairs? Yes. And where it's all red? Yes. Yeah, when he's shooting, and I'm like, you would have hit him. Like, they would be dead right now. Oh, there's no question. He blew a hole in the radiator of the vehicle as they get away, but uh, couldn't hit that body that was standing <laughs> five feet in front of him. <laughs> I find it amazing. This was another thing that always got me. In the movies, a group of martial artists will attack you one by one. Yeah. And it- <laughs> It's like, no, they don't, they, they don't have morals. No, one at a time. Number four, you can set things alight with cheap booze. That's You'll not, see a scene. That's not real? Where, no, because you need a certain, you need a real flammable liquor. You can't just grab a Jack Daniels and pour it in your mouth and pff, you've suddenly become a blowtorch. If I, Doesn't hey, work so that So you're telling way. me if I dumped vodka on something, I couldn't do that? Vodka, maybe, depending on the proof, if you'd like to. Uh, Let's see. Number three, you can montage your way to becoming a killing machine, which is true. Every movie's got that workout scene, or they're fighting their way back. That's the one that comes to mind every time. (laughs) Explosions are nothing more than a blast of hot air. Yeah, there's no shrapnel that ever gets blown anywhere, and it just conveniently lands around them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love CGI. And finally, number one, and this I see all the time. Turning over a table will keep you safe from gunfire. Yes, That's or right. couches. It's always a table yeah, or a couch. Be, quick, get behind the couch. It's yeah, like bullets I, don't go through wood or fabric. Yeah, no. That's, <laughs> that, that's a good list. I like Those are all things that I point out all the time when I'm watching movies. So. I think we all do. So good list, list verse. Thank yeah, you for that. Top 10 lies in movies that'll get you killed in the real, real life. life. Don't yeah. put yourself in that situation. That's all I'll say. 929 The Time. Good morning, NOCO. Kevin Lytle with the Fort Collins, Colorado, and joins us uh, coming up in just a couple of minutes here to break down the CSU football season right here on Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 at 1310 KFK.
Proactive physical therapy and sports medicine. If you've had an injury that you're still dealing with and trying to bounce back from, listen, surgery is just the first step. I know it's, oh, you had surgery, you had surgery. Well, don't waste that surgery. It's so expensive to go have these things. you got to bounce back the right way. You're right. With the experts at proactive physical therapy and sports medicine. Uh, get that mobility back, that motion back. Get that strength back so that you can perform or compete at your best. It's Proactive Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine. More online at proactivecolorado.com. We've got Kevin Lytle with the Fort Collins, Colorado, Colorado. And when we come back, there's two mulligans for me today on Northern <laughs> Colorado's Voice. One. Let's get to the bottom of the hour news and weather center. All right. I've been waiting to ask this question to Kevin Lytle for quite some time. Yeah, you've been waiting to have him on. I know. Kevin, why the hell have you been dodging us? You know, I just needed a break. You know, sometimes you, you just need some time apart. Yeah. I understand. My wife does that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she really does. Is the heart Has the heart grown fonder now, Kevin? <laughs> and that, of course, is the proper response, Kevin. Oh, yeah, because yeah, we feel the same way about you. Yeah. <laughs> In all reality, we're out of tissues because we've been crying so much because you keep dodging yeah, us. We hear true. you on everywhere else. But, uh, Finally today. Yeah. All right, Kevin. So stuff, huh? Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, <laughs> it has been too long. I mean, I feel, you know, I, I got hit with the COVID. Uh, timing was bad. Uh, you know, a week ago, I could hardly talk at all, so... Um, it was a little unfortunate, but happy to be back on with you guys. Happy to be able to head back out to you know CSU football and all these other things. So unfortunate timing, but glad to be back at it. That's for sure. Hey, better now than when this thing gets kicked yeah. off. But there, but everybody yeah, exactly. is buzzing, and I know you've got to be just uh, anxious to get out there and see what's happening. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's uh, you can feel the energy building. I mean, CSU had that fan fest on Saturday, which. Uh, looked like a really cool thing. I, you know, I heard from a number of fans that just had a great time talking to players. Um, you know, some players even basically admitted, like, yeah, we know, you know, the program hasn't been embraced by the community because we haven't been part of the community. Um, but that's changed now, and and you know, they're excited to be, you know, doing it. So I think you can really feel the energy starting to build for this season. Well, and we're only a couple of weeks away. I mean, it just seems like it's flown by so fast. And, and Kevin, this is something we talked at great length last year. Uh, like, every every team out there right now is a contender for the, for, the, for the NCAA championship this year, right? I mean, everybody out there, yeah, we've had a really good training camp. We've had a really good this and that. But something just feels different about this offseason for CSU. And is that all accredited to Jay Norvell? Yeah, I mean, I think it is because, yeah, obviously everyone's optimistic in August. You know, even last year, I, you know, I think a lot of people were, you know, fairly pessimistic. But you still found people last year that were like, well, you know, I, I think they're turning around. I think they're going to be, you know, decent. Um, that was kind of grasping at straws, obviously, it turned out. But, no, I mean, everything Jay Norvell and his staff have done this off season has basically been perfect. They've reengaged the community. They've brought in, you know, a lot of players that seem to be, you know, pretty exciting, talented players uh, and good kids, too. I mean, it seems like a very likable group, obviously, of a system that should be pretty entertaining, especially when it's working. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I kind of tweeted this the other day that, you know, the time for on-field success, you know, is coming, and that is obviously going to be the measuring tool. But as far as an offseason, they could not have done any more, and that's why you are getting this kind of buzz right now, because, 
I think people are actually pretty realistic. I mean, I, um, you know, fans like you kind of suggested can get carried away. I don't think CSU fans are really, you know, you, you, you maybe have some outside hope of, you know, doing what Utah State did and having a crazy year one under a new coach and, you know, maybe go, making a run at the Mountain West. But I think most realistically understand that's a pretty big rebuild. Uh, but just want to see signs of progress, signs of good uh, to come, and and have pretty realistic expectations. So it's kind of an interesting balance of, you know, people aren't getting like crazy about what they think can happen. They're just excited because for the first time in really a long time, there's a way that you can see a bright future for CSU football. It feels like their community, as you said, everything that he's done in the offseason was to reconnect with the community. Because I think the last leadership was was so us against them, and and the them were the people who wanted to ask questions about the program. Where the now, them was Kevin Lytle. <laughs> yeah, that's, <okay. laughs> that's right. I, you know, but 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 seriously, yeah, you could not, as you said, everything that's happened. In the off season, you get an A plus. I mean, you could not have done it better than he's done, and he's done that so well that I do think that there is going to be patience among fans to let this program build properly. Yeah, I think that's a great point right there because you're right. I mean, the the previous uh, staff it was very much very insular, very us against the world. I mean, I think I've told the story of, I've heard from many many players on that team that. At the end of practices, they would the coaching staff would sit there and rip on you know the media and questions the media is asking, what the media had written, uh, tweets they had seen from fans, you know all these things, you know basically trying to you know, look. Everyone's trying to get us when obviously that's not the case. Um, they just had things going on that led to critical uh, you know viewpoints against them. You know I even uh, you know I don't want to get too specific on who it was or anything, but there was a player um, I talked to a professor they had and. Uh, once in class, you know, they were just kind of talking football. The professor, you know, just kind of asked a pretty innocuous question about, you know, a little part of the game. And, and the player said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually not supposed to talk about that. So they had these wow. players so under, you know, basically lock and key and paranoid that even on campus in class, you know, a very non-public setting, um, they were thinking, well, you know, I'm not really allowed to talk about that because, you know, it's again, it's us against the world. And now you have the opposite again. You have you know these players seeming to embrace getting to meet fans and be part of the community. And um, you know again, we'll see what happens. Obviously, there will be some difficult losses. That's just what happens in sports. And we'll see what happens after those. But um, the the messaging and uh, you know the vibes are different. I, there's <laughs> it's obviously kind of a, a joking cliche, but there's no better way to really say it right now than the vibes are way different. Talking with Kevin Lytle with the Fort Collins, Colorado, and I don't understand how Steve Adazio made it at Boston College for as long as he did with, with what he was doing here in Fort Collins. Makes no sense to me, but we've turned the page, and we're on a new chapter of CSU football, an exciting one. Uh, we've heard a lot about Clay Millen. His very first game under center for college football is against number six, Michigan. Or Congratulations. Number, yeah, yeah, welcome. Yeah. Or, or, or number eight, depending on which poll you look at. What have you seen from Clay Millen so far uh, throughout this uh, the, the early practices, Kevin? Yeah, I mean, Clay seems like a pretty calm, cool guy. Um, I was talking to someone else the other day, and I said, you know, they're just different personalities. I don't want to say they're the same person, but um, he gives me a little bit of Isaiah Stevens vibes of, you know, he knows what he wants to do, very focused, very even keel, though, uh, you know, kind of, you know, don't let him see you sweat type of kid is kind of the vibe I get. Um, so, yeah, that Michigan game, I mean, 
I'm not sitting here saying Clay Millen's going to go out and go 27 for 32 for 360 yards and five touchdowns. Um, it is going to be really tough. You know, Bruce Feldman of The Athletic does, uh, he calls it the freaks list. It's the best athletes in college football where he talks to a lot of scouts, a lot of coaches. And I, I, I forget the exact number, but something like three of the top 40 or something are D linemen on Michigan, hmm. including the number one and seven spots. So that gives you a little bit of a hint of the type of athlete CSU is going to have to deal with that, you know, that obviously they don't have and they don't see. Um, so it's going to be tough. But Clay, big picture, I think Clay is going to be a good quarterback at CSU. That Michigan game, you know, who knows? That could go a lot of different ways. And, and if it goes sideways, I don't think that would be, a, you know, a shocker. And, and I don't think it would be alarm bell either. Uh, but big picture, I, I think you have to be excited about what, what you're seeing from Clay and uh, his potential. I know that there's probably a lot of advantages of getting to play a school like Michigan financially and, and everything that comes with five million of them. That's, would that would be the reason right there, because I'm just wondering, attitude wise and everything. I see schools do this all the time where you're open against a team where, OK, you're going to be 28 point underdogs. What does that do to the mindset to start a season when you've started? You've been building all year. You get the confidence going and everything. Or do you go into a game like this, just look, if we can stay within that point spread, it's a victory for us. Yeah, I mean, I'm always a little torn on these games, and it sort of depends on where the program is. You know, if I'm being real honest, I you know, I think ideally for CSU, this wouldn't be the opener right. for this new era. Obviously, this stuff is all scheduled years in advance, so they, have, you know, they can't do anything about it. Big picture, I don't mind it. I mean, if you so if, if CSU football is where it actually wants to be, you know, competing for Mountain West titles, you know, competing as one of the best group of five programs in the country, then I think that's what you know one of the reasons you do schedule these games because you want them, you want that opportunity. Um, I think you've seen some embrace of it. You know, McElwain way back in 2013, I think it was when they went to Alabama, they really embraced that, and they, you know, they gave. It's not like they truly threatened Alabama, but it's a pretty solid game. So when your program's in the shape that it, it should be, I think it's good. Um, like I say, I don't think it's ideal this year for Norvell. Obviously, I totally understand the financials. I mean, basically, this game pays Norvell's entire salary for the year, if you, you, know, if you want to do like for good like. Good point. I mean, you know, it's, that's not exactly how, how, the, how the coffers work and everything, but basically that, that's what's happening. Um, the games I actually really love are, you know, Washington State coming up. You know, they have Texas Tech on the schedule. They have Arizona on the schedule. I think playing some of those sort of middle-tier Power 5 programs is really good because those are, you know, more winnable games than, you know, playing a, a playoff type of team. So, uh, you know, I'm torn. I, I think Norvell, I'll be interested, you know, game week to see what his, you know, public, uh, you know, talk is. I'm guessing, you know, internally it's kind of going to be, you know, boys, we have nothing to lose. It's a great opportunity. You know, um, go out, you get a chance to test yourselves against the best, see where we're at, and, and move on from there. Um, you know, there's, there is zero pressure on CSU, obviously. Yeah. Um, so other than health, that's, you know, that's the only big risk. If you get, you know, blown out, you know, who cares? But I think he'll... Um, talk about as a big opportunity for the team. I think that will be the message. Frankly, I think it'll be a message both publicly and privately. He's certainly not going to, you know, there have been some coaches who kind of gripe about these, you know, one of them, uh, you know, coached last year. Um, 
but but you're you're not gonna see that. You're not gonna get Jay Norvell. You know, talk about oh, oh my gosh, you know, why is this our first game? He may make some jokes about it. I was like, oh yeah, nothing like an easy one to start. But um, but no, I think he'll look as an opportunity. And like I say, you know, other than health, which obviously is always a concern, but you can get hurt against Idaho State. You can get hurt yes, against Michigan. So uh, you know, I'm you know certainly it probably is added risk. But, you know, I'm not sure how big the percentage there is. So, um, like I say, ideally, no, this isn't how you start. But it is what it is, to use that terribly annoying cliche, and, <laughs> and they'll roll with it. And in this case, you know, from a fan perspective, I think it's okay because it's a really cool opportunity. There are a lot of fans going up to Michigan. Uh, none of them obviously expect a win. <laughs> so it's a cool opportunity for them. But you don't lose any of this buzz, I think. I think if CSU loses 47-7, to the same energy will be there, you know, for the opener the next week. People will be excited. And obviously, if you can play it close, right, uh, that will just kick up the excitement way more. Oh, that'd be huge. Talking with really nothing to lose. Yeah, talking with Kevin Lytle of the Fort Collins, Colorado, and uh, we talk so much about Clay Millen, and we see the catches Tory Hortner making and stuff like that. The two areas that really will help you win or lose a ball game or, or decide: offensive line and defense. We haven't heard a whole lot about that with CSU. Where do those two facets of the game sit right now in your mind, Kevin? Yeah, obviously I did not watch in person the scrimmage last week. I will be at the one tomorrow, but it sounds like the, the D-line kind of beat up the O-line, which doesn't shock me. Um, I think the D-line's going to be pretty good, even though they did lose some great players from last year. I think they have some really good ones you know, back and that they brought in. The O-line is, is certainly a concern. Uh, you know, It always is. You know, four guys on the starting line that have played a number of games, but at different schools, um, with different players and some of them different positions. So you have a lot of shuffling going on. Um, so I think that five is going to end up being okay. I think it just may take some time. You know, you guys know how the O-line works. You need a lot of reps together. It, you know, it has to be a unit working very in sync. And that just takes some time. You can't manufacture that, you know, in any way other than repetition. Um, so I think that might take take some time. I'm worried about the depth of that position, but Again, that's not that uncommon. You know, most programs don't have enough O-line depth, so I guess that's not a surprise. So, but that is, you know, that you know is one to keep an eye on. I think they'll end up okay. And you know, frankly, they weren't good last year, so you know, it's not like uh, (laughs) a change if if it struggles a bit. It's it's kind of been a thing for CSU for a few years. Um, but obviously you need your O-line to be pretty solid if you're going to be flinging the ball around. No, that's exactly right. All right, Kevin, it's prediction time. You know you know, I love to hold you to these. Let's break it down. All right, Michigan, uh, CSU at Michigan. Loss. Uh, CSU hosting Middle Tennessee. Uh, that's a tough game, Middle Tennessee solid, but I'll give CSU a win there. CSU at Washington State. Uh, loss. I mean, that's one that, you know, maybe I think CSU does have a chance to linger. Washington State kind of, you know, they played really well late last year, but a lot of question marks. Um, but, I, but I think Washington State does win. CSU hosting Sacramento State. Uh, again, a good FCS team, but you need to beat FCS teams, which CSU does not really do that often right now. So, uh, But win. I'm win. giving a win to All CSU. Right. So two and two at Nevada. Win. That's going to be a very exciting game for a lot of reasons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just just a couple of those reasons out there, like uh, uh, CSU stealing their head coach. Um, uh, home against Utah State. Um, that's that's one of your big swing games, and Utah State. I really don't know what to expect, but right now I'll say Utah State wins it. 
All right, three and three. That was Utah State was the game that they lost because nobody called a timeout last year, right? Yeah, I, I heard it was the players' fault. <laughs> so you got them three and three home against Hawaii. Uh, that should be a win. Four and three at Boise State. That uh, is always a loss until uh, someone proves otherwise. <laughs> yep. Four and four at Ho- uh, San Jose State. Uh, another kind of swing game, but CSU tends to play San Jose State well. I think San Jose State's 2020 season was a bit of an aberration, so I'll give CSU a win there. Five and four home for the uh, border war against Wyoming. I think that's a win for CSU. Wow, all right. So six and four at Air Force. That is a loss. So six and five home against New Mexico for the uh, to be bowl eligible. Uh, they're already bowl eligible. Oh, right, six wins. Get, yeah, yeah that's right. Win. That's right. Six got that's them right. there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you, I'll, I'll give them a win there for seven. I, I've been bouncing between six and seven basically all summer. Um, I can go anywhere from five to seven. That's to me. That's a hundred percent the range left. I saw. CSU's Vegas over-under was 5.5, which I think is a pretty good number. But let's say a couple swing games in there. Um, I think I gave a couple of them to CSU. But, but yeah, I, I think bowl eligible is a very uh, real possibility. All right. I, I think it. seven wins in CSU's fan base is going to be ecstatic this year. Oh, uh, yeah. I will... Getting to a bowl, I think fans would just be thrilled, um, you know, no matter what bowl, really. I will be tweeting out that you pick them to go 7-5. and five, So these are your official predictions. Yeah, it's official-ish, semi-official. <laughs> All right, it, it, it's, it's my preseason official. I, I will uh, the week of the first game. I'll, I'll do my official prediction okay. column. But, but I do feel very comfortable that I'll be a, at either six or seven wins. All right, I, I will put that disclaimer on there. Official-ish. I will say seven and five. <laughs> yeah. All right, Kevin Lyon with the Fort Collins, Colorado, and Kevin, what are you working on? I'm glad you're glad you're back, man. Glad you're feeling better. Uh, what, what are you working on right now? Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to be back. Like I said, CSU has a scrimmage uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, so I'll be out that. Um, have some sort of takeaways of things we've learned and things we still need to learn before that opener. Um, and then, uh, you know, don't want to lead on too much, but got some exciting feature stories on some of the players that will be coming, you know, in the next couple of weeks as we head into the season. So uh, really excited to be back and really excited um, to have football season so so close to being here. Love it, no man. Doubt. Kevin, great to have you back, my friend. We'll uh, plan on catching up with you next week unless you start dodging us again. <laughs> Sounds great, guys. Good to be back. Thanks, Thanks. Kevin. Kevin Lytle with Fort Collins, Colorado. and been, been a while since we talked to Kevin. Yeah, I, it was good to catch up with him, and he sounded great. I, I always love what he brings to the table. Yeah. He, got, he, nobody, he went today. Yeah, nobody has the pulse of CSU football better than Kevin Lytle. And no, that's I why agree. we have him on. Check out his stuff at the Fort Collins, Colorado. And 9.54, the time will wrap this bad boy up next on Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 and 1310 KFK. Good morning, Noko. You'd think we'd done this once or twice, or maybe never. No, probably not. No, it sounds like a rookie effort to me. <laughs> Based on the conversations we have during the breaks. No, what time do you have? What yeah, time do you have? Do the math Look at that. the same yeah, clock yeah. and get in different times. <laughs> wow, ain't that a... Yeah, th- that's speaking a lot for society. <laughs> wow. There was no hidden hidden meaning behind that. No, that was, but it's just kind of ironic. Yeah, you know, it yeah. certainly is. Since you thought we had one minute left and can't do math, Angel, does that mean you don't have a headline for us? I do have one. Okay. Well, then let's do it. It's time to get the headline that cut our eye. 
I know why he messed up, and I'll tell it later. I know why. Go ahead. South Carolina man attempting to break his own golf cart speed record. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, I yes. Like I like everything want about to this. meet this dude. Tell me more. So Robbie Steen of Fort Mill, South Carolina, has a custom-built golf cart with speeds exceeding over 150 miles per hour. <laughs> no way. I got to see a picture of this. How can point. that even stay down on right. the road? I it's got to be weighted in some it, way, right? Is it like, does it have an aerodynamic design on it the is front? It's very, very much custom. He's got like a little engine popping out of the hood. It's got like rail guards and all kinds of nooks and stuff on there. Uh, but he said his family's been working on this business for about 46 years. Where That's phenomenal. Is there actually a spot for clubs? I'm not and how sure. about that little little margarita dispenser of sand? Yeah, that sits right in the back there too. Doesn't look like they have that, margarita but it does have room dispenser. to hold golf bags. It does have you room. You can't hold your clubs with this cart. Do you, well, would they let him on a course? There's no way, right? But that would just be, that would be just incredible if you you know you hit your drive. Where that? I'm here. I'm here. You, know, yeah. <laughs> you could hit a drive, jump in the cart, and, and get catch the, it. Yeah, and catch the ball. Why well, I got you so many good ideas? You could lie so well. Yeah, you know you <laughs> could. Hey, whoa! It's right there in the fairway. Oh, it would be fun to buzz by people yes. on that thing. Can we play through? Yeah. <laughs> Needed it the last couple of rounds I've played. Yeah, yeah. We won't even get into that. So, but that's incredible to me. Yes, 150 miles an hour. Because you know already, there's so many communities, including Windsor, where people can drive golf carts around in their you know in their neighborhoods and things like yeah. that, where it's used as a mode of transportation. What's the fastest? you've ever gone in a vehicle well we'll just put it this way the speedometer goes to 140 on old cars yeah. and then i was in one where it went past that and started to point Down. at the gears yeah. it blew past that the little peg that Were stops you driving? It was driving no oh god no i was praying and screaming for that to stop 137 was the fastest i ever Should drove never no i and that's no, probably why dumb. i'm afraid of i'm afraid of speed now i'm no. not into it because of ron thompson there, there you go yeah angel messed up because he was used to the whole show clock already weren't you you thought we you no, thought we were out at fifty five. The segments kept moving around. Uh-huh. The clock kept changing, and See, it is a different transition, though. He goes over to the whole show for a day, and he's already forgetting how we do things. Uh, I tell Never you, forget. this dude's effort is incredible, and we are so grateful to have him on our show for four hours a day. Angel Padilla. He also produced the whole show in the afternoon, or late mornings. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets an hour off for Angel yeah. Padilla for Brian Gary, the Brian Gary. I'm Tanner Schwint. This is Good Morning <laughs> Noco on Northern Colorado's Voice. We'll talk to you tomorrow.